Welcome to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, June 5th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Missouri beat writer Sawichi Tarada joins us today to talk about the last few days in Missouri athletics. It was an interesting time as the football team led a peaceful march from campus to the Boone County Courthouse. The march wasn't the end of the task. While at the courthouse, some 62 student-athletes registered to vote. How great is that? Athletes will begin voluntary workouts on Monday, and we talk about that and how the Tigers have changed their approach to testing for COVID-19. After a break, we'll hear from Tigers head football coach Eli Drinkwitz, who on a Zoom call met with reporters earlier this week. So here we go with Suichi Tarat. Hey, Suichi, how you doing? I'm not too bad. It's starting to get a little hot here in mid-Missouri from Michigan, so I'm not used to that, but we'll, we'll power yeah. through. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I, um, yeah, it's, we're getting our summer. It's, it's not so much the highs, you know, in the 90s and the mid-90s here. It's the lows in the mid-70s that make it, uh, <laughs> I don't know, what's, what's going on? A summer in, in early June, we, 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 don't, we don't deserve this. But, uh, hey, we'll, we'll battle through it. We'll battle through it. Hey, interesting times <laughs> at Mizzou here the last few days. And, um, you know, uh, obviously for not anything that's happened on a, on a field or, or a court because nothing's happened on a field or a court. But, but interesting times at Mizzou anyway. Why don't you take us through the uh, – let's start with the march that, uh, that Mizzou athletes, coaches, and even some athletic and, and uh, administrators embarked on the other day and, and uh, where it started, where it finished, and what were the – you know, what was accomplished by, by, the, uh, by the march? Yeah, so Mizzou football players, they wanted to do something, obviously, with everything going on between the protests, uh, especially after, you know, just starting a dialogue after George Floyd's death in Minneapolis, just like much of the nation has done. So it, it really started last week based on what Drinkwitz and some of the players were saying. They were talking about they wanted to do something. So it, it, it was really a dialogue between some of the assistant coaches, namely Curtis Looper, running backs coach, defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, and Coach Cheese, as they call him, Charlie Harbison, one of the secondary coaches. Um, and so between those three and a couple, a few others, and a few players, namely, namely, ah, namely, namely Nick Bolton, Martez Manuel, uh, they they came up with this idea of a march, and then it it really did kind of take a life of its own, I think, within the last few days. And then it, it was kind of funny, just because some players were like, "Yeah, we heard about it an hour before, and then we knew we had to be there," and in this pandemic world, COVID-19 world, I'm sure they weren't doing exactly too much as many listeners I'm sure know. So yeah. And then it's, and so they gathered at 2 PM Wednesday at the columns, famous columns at Mizzou. And then they, they made their way down to Boone County courthouse. And the thing that really struck me was just how much support this had between not just the football players. It was every football. It seemed like pretty much every football player around on campus showed up. But it was also the assistant coaches. Eli Eli Drinkwitz was obviously there, but Conzo Martin was there. Robin Pinchton was there. Jim Sturk was there. Mun Choi was there. Columbia PD was there. University police were there. So th- this had a lot of support just from the not just the police officers, but administration, other coaches, and everything. And so that unified front, I think, really was, was such a positive step, especially considering Mizzou's history, especially with five years from, you know, five years from now, right. already five years away from 2015 and everything. So there's some context there. And then, so they made the walk. Once they got to the courthouse, they, you know, they locked arms. And there's this very powerful photo, one of my articles that published this morning, 
or I guess yesterday, um, they locked arms. They knelt for eight minutes, 46 seconds in honor of George Floyd, uh, which I think is a great touch, and it kind of shows how long of a time that is, and some of the players spoke about that. Once they did that, 62 players went out and registered to vote. I, I think that's we're going to see a little bit more from that. I think once the national media kind of heard about this, they were like, whoa, voting, that's that's something like very substantial. That's something very real that people can do and then it's going to make a change so that's kind of been the big positive reception i think and we might see more of that from other programs which is great to see just because voting obviously is so crucial in our society so that, that's kind of where things kind of materialize and, and then from there uh here we are talking about it and, and i really do think that voting key aspect is a it it, it really is a positive thing that no matter who you know your background, whatever you think politically, like that, that's a big thing just because everyone can vote and use your voice. Well, that's exactly right. That, that was my big takeaway from, uh, from the March. It, it wasn't just a March or a photo op. It ended in something substantial, uh, registering to vote. And you, I think, uh, the number was 62 student athletes who, who registered to vote, which is, which is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you're you're absolutely right. When I saw that it it was sort of a national, it became a little bit of a national story, or at least picked up by a couple of national websites, and and then the reaction has been nothing but positive as it as it should be. So um, the um, uh, and it might you know what what it did was it extended the discussion to me in, in a positive way. We have. You know, the week of the unrest, the demonstrations, the protests over, you know, racism and social injustices. And, um, and those, listen, those have, um, you know, have been effective and the conversation has never been as deep and, and, uh, and, and thoughtful as, you know, for these matters at any time in my life. The, the, this week has proved that it's, you know, the conversation has endured throughout the week, not just a weekend or a couple of days, but throughout the week. And, Protests are going to continue, I think, through the weekend. I know tonight in Kansas City, but but to have at the end of, of a march a uh, you know a, a the symbol of taking the knee for eight minutes and forty six seconds, and then and then to register student athletes to vote to me was just a I salute Missouri for this, and and it is going to make a difference. And I have heard other schools talking about. Um, you know, what, what are they going to, you know, or, you know, what are they going to do on November 3rd? Are they going to practice or are you going to encourage your, your athletes to vote? And I think that's a conversation that needs to be had on campuses throughout the country. Famously, you know, Nick Saban, in, I think it was the 2016 election day, it, it, it fell on, you know, an a, a, a Alabama news conference day. He said he didn't even know it was election day. And, and Will Muschamp said something in 2018 during the midterm, something similar. And I thought, you know, I th- in both cases, we we just kind of smiled at the tone deafness of the coaches, but it's it is more serious than that. And and Mizzou helped make the point this week that it is you know it's a cha- agent change, right? It's um, you you get the opportunity to make a difference, and not just in national elections, but but local elections as well. Um, so anyway, I, I, I that's my soapbox. I just I just thought it was uh, <laughs> a powerful powerful move. And my uh, Eli Drinkwitz and ha- hasn't coached a game at Missouri, but if this was his idea, no matter whose idea it was, it was a terrific one. Yeah, and so 
quick thing. It was Mar- the walk itself was Marta's manual's idea, and it seemed like one of the coaches. I- I've been told Ryan Walters had a pretty big hand in uh, the whole voting aspect, and I think the big thing here is just pointing at actually doing something. I mean, a lot of folks, a lot of you know, brands, companies, coaches, whoever whoever it is in the society are, t- are really talking about change and. W- and and that's a good thing. Having that conversation is a good thing. But I think action here r- r- really showed who the Mizzou football program and who they are and just what they wanted to do. Just because you know everyone everyone has had you know a statement. If you if you have any type of p- public platform, but actually doing something and voting, especially, I, I really think they kind of showed who they are as people. And, and for Mizzou fans, that's that's a positive because it, it it's a great thing to be able to user platform and everything like that. Yeah. And, and look, and so that's part one. Part two is when election day rolls around, um, you know, which will be complicated because of the pandemic and, but, but what, you know, what are you going to do to encourage your players? You know, it's one thing to register to vote now go out and do it. And I hope that, uh, I hope that was impressed upon, upon the athletes. And, um, but anyway, good, great first step. Uh, by by Mizzou here, hey. So let's let's uh, talk about the other uh, other pieces of news this week. Among uh, we have a date for Missouri's return, and I think that's an, it's an SEC wide date, is it not? June the eighth. That's the day that uh, SEC schools can can allow uh, athletes back, football players back on campus for voluntary workouts. Take us through the the the, the timing and, and the process of how this is going to work, and of course. The testing, because even that changed, I guess, the, the the testing conversation changed this past week. Yeah, so June 8th is that target day for the SEC. And Blair, as we know, the NCAA approved a different day, which is June 1st, which was last Monday. But the SEC took it, you know, maybe a step further, I guess. And, and they were like, OK, let's wait till June 8th. That's when we're going to have initially it was going to be football, men's basketball, and women's basketball athletes only. And then they open it up to every sport. So Mizzou's plan, though, is that those three sports I mentioned, football and the two basketball teams, they will start on June 8th. Uh, And a big distinction I think people should understand is that these are only voluntary workouts, meaning only strength and conditioning coaches are allowed to supervise them. So this isn't actually coaching, per se. It it, it isn't Eli Drinkwitz, you know, coming out here and, and showing them, you know, let's talk scheme and everything. They still have eight hours of remote training to do, but that's that's... It's, it's mostly just for the player's benefit in terms of just getting in shape and everything. So, but yes, the, the original plan is Zoo, Jim Sturk had mentioned a, a day before this all actually came together was that Mizzou was actually only going to test athletes who were showing symptoms or were traveling from hotspot areas. And a lot of experts around college football, a lot of health experts as well, they were like, okay, that's, that's probably not going to work just because based on what we know about, you know, COVID-19, you might not be showing symptoms, but you might still be spreading it. And if you're in workout groups, you're sweating it up, you know, especially if you're indoors, that's, that's looking dangerous. So Mizzou reverse course, they say they're going to test every athlete. That's actually, that actually started Thursday and it's continuing to Friday. So we should hear if there are any positives over the weekend, likely. And then, right. and then we go from there. And then uh, based on what we heard yesterday from Eli Drinkwitz, it, it's mostly going to be around groups of 20 ish doing workouts and everything. And then they'll be socially distanced. They'll be, you know, don't make sure they don't have any temperatures coming any any symptoms so but i i think based on what it sounds like based on what drink said based on what i'm hearing this is really 
this is phase one, first and foremost. And I think this is kind of, I don't want to say guinea pigs just because it is a pandemic, but they really are seeing how this is going to happen because we're already seeing other schools saying they have positive test athletes has positive, positive. Alabama had five come out, you know, Alabama had five Arkansas state, I believe had seven, like, what, what are we going to do once we have positive cases? Because if one positive case shuts us down, then this wasn't safe to begin with. So I, I really do think if this goes smoothly and there aren't any huge problems with it, I think that'll be really good for a step in terms of just practices, football starting on time this fall and all these things. So I think there's a lot of stake here for college football in general and for really sports just because we're seeing what could happen if we do get these kids together who are traveling from all these different places. Right. Look, this is the first uh, step in uh, this type of, uh, you know, of activity of kind of group working. Look, the MLS has, has had some workouts here and NBA players have been back in, in, in working out, but, but baseball hasn't. And, and, and the NFL hasn't. And, and now the NFL is saying that they're, they're, they're the players won't, be around until training camp begins. So really college football and college sports with, with players returning to campus for voluntary workouts is really the one of the first opportunities for athletes together in a group setting. And we're seeing something there, like you said, we're seeing some, uh, some early news come out of that. Oklahoma State had three players, including one that contracted it, test positive, including one that, that got it from a protest march in tulsa so and you know it just occurred to me alabama had did alabama get a to get a jump on the on, on the on the practice voluntary practice <laughs> thing if they're already testing positive and they're not supposed to be together until until june the 8th i'm gonna figure out how that worked yeah there for alabama some tested positive I, I believe the timeline was wednesday they had about 50 players practice together and i put that in quotation marks because they did that one on their own so it wasn't like yeah, sanctioned by right. coaches or anything we'll put it in quotation right. marks just because you know the nature of college football <laughs> and then on thursday they found out five of them tested positive so what do you do with those 50 players not sure yet right. i think that's kind of the that's kind of the big question really just because you know if if three players from a 20 person workout group test positive then what do you do with the other 17 do they all you know socially isolate for a set for two weeks what what, what, what kind of happens here so i think we'll see more details coming up soon absolutely and i think the the rest of june uh as other conferences under the sec is is uh, june 8th and i think the pac-12 the big 12 is our june 15th and even a school like oklahoma has decided to wait until july 1st to to report so we'll um, you know, I, I think that's what sort of the rest of June is going to be about as these teams start gathering and uh, and how they're handling the testing and the results of the testing. So, all right, Sweet. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we're gonna hear from Eli Drinkwitz and part of a Zoom call that he held with reporters uh, talking about this issue and uh, and and the march and the the voter registration. Interesting stuff by. Eli Drinkwitz, one of the few coaches, by the way, in college football that I think um, had had any kind of media availability this week during the you know week of protest and demonstration. So um, I, I was uh, thankful for Eli Drinkwitz for for doing that. So all right, Suichi, great talking to you, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Awesome, thanks, Blair. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. 
unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. It's been a while, uh, and there's a lot of things to discuss. So uh, first, I just want to say how proud I am to be uh, the head football coach at Mizzou and how proud I am of this football team and this staff to stand alongside uh, some very uh, powerful leaders, uh, Ryan Walters, Brick Haley, uh, DJ Smith, Charlie Harbison, Marcus Johnson, Bush Hamden, uh, Eric Link, Casey Woods, David Gibbs, uh, and countless others on this staff and our players for us to uh decide that it wasn't enough just to make a statement, but to also put action behind our words. It was a really powerful moment uh, for me personally, and I I believe it was a powerful moment for our team for unity and cohesion uh, and to stand up for what is right. Um, You know, I I made this comment, um, you know, this was a clear instance of right versus wrong. And we, we tell our players and we tell people that when something is, is wrong, stand up against it. And uh, what happened to George Floyd was wrong, and we stand against that and we fight for justice. And that's as clear as, as, clear as we can be about it. It was wrong, and it's time for, um, as a nation, to call out right versus wrong. And that was wrong. We stand for justice, and not just to call it out, but to also uh, – you know, Curtis Looper is, is very much a, a student of history and, and talked about, you know, becoming a more perfect union. We're not perfect. Abraham Lincoln said it right. We're trying to fight to become a more perfect union. And the way that we can do that is to fight for uh, equality and to use our voice at the ballot box. And so that was where the action of registering to vote came about. Um, it was a very powerful moment. would like to thank the both MUPD and Columbia uh, PD for joining us. Uh, on a strictly volunteer, every every person that came volunteered uh, to to walk with us and to uh, take a knee with us and to join in our um, call for justice. And uh, so for that, I couldn't be any more proud of our football team and, and these great men, these giants and men that I stand beside every day that I'm proud to call uh, uh, teammates and to coach with these guys. And so with that, uh, I'll open it up for questions and uh, and uh, go from there. All right, Coach. Thank you. Um, let's see. Andrew Kaufman, I got you first. Uh, you should be unmuted. Go ahead. How's it going, Coach? Um, just first off with the uh, – why was it so important for, for your players and all the student-athletes that, that were marching yesterday to, to vote? And, and why was that such an important step, you think? Well, because voting is about making your voice heard. Uh, and it's about uh, creating a more perfect union. And we have, uh, if we want effective change, you know, change is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we were backed up by the voice of President uh, Obama, 
past president, former president Obama yesterday talking about the importance of voting. I think we've, we've, you know, again, coach Looper talked about, um, you know, the right, the, the right to vote was, was in the sixties and, and they fought for a hundred years, uh, to get that. And that's, that's our voice right now. And it wasn't about tearing stuff down or trying to create any type of violence or anything like that, but it was about, uh, how do we create positive change through utilizing our voice? And we never, we don't talk about who you want to vote for. That's, that's strictly your choice, but the opportunity to vote instead of complaining, do something. And, and, and that's a way to do it with this voting. And, and Andrew, you know, last time I made some comments on here, you like cut me up and you, you created some funny deals. So just be careful. Cause I'm going to start cutting you up too. Okay. I'm going to start. Uh, I, I'm all for it. You. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> uh let's see next to saran petro saran good to see you with us uh you should be unmuted yep uh thank you uh very much chad thanks coach for the uh, time today um yep. i know the 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 statement the players made um I, i'm curious um you know we obviously had a big story break last night and continues today with drew Brees talking about his comments if anybody kneels and what the flag meant to him and that's created a major uproar. He since apologized. Um, the kneeling was a big issue three, four, five years ago, and, and and colleges didn't really go down that road. But this this seems to have much more momentum this year. Uh, the subject of players kneeling has it been discussed with the team? Do you have a policy? Do you, does the university have a policy as to how that will be handled if players do choose to kneel for the anthem this year? We're very much focused on right now and what we're trying to do, which is stand for the justice of George Floyd and to create a sustainable action that promotes change. And that that's my policy. And I think part of the, the problem and prob- part of the issue right now is that uh, we're losing focus on what we're trying to accomplish. And we're, we're chasing a lot of different rabbits. And I've been told a long time ago, if you chase two rabbits, you'll catch none. And so I'm not, I'm not even in that. I'm not even in that. I'm focused on what we can do right now for the justice of George Floyd, how my players can be heard, and how do we put it into inequality uh, right here for my players here and, and in the future? So that that's that's really where I'm at with that whole thing and, and haven't had any discussions further. Uh, okay, next to Colin. Colin, I got you unmuted. Hey, Coach. Uh, before I ask my, my real question, I wanted to ask real quick, do you have a preference in, in spelling your first name on first reference, E-L-I-A-H or just E-L-I? Does it matter to you? Uh, if I'm in trouble, it's probably E-L-I-A-H. And it's usually what my mom says. Uh, Eli is really if we're kind of friendly. Uh, but I, I have no preference. I respond to either one of them. My dad calls me Eli all the time because he, de- he didn't uh, – because he came up with it. So, Okay. I just wanted to ask. Um, I don't know if, if you've been filled in on this, but Missouri football players participated in a student protest here on campus in 2015 with the Concerned Student 1950 – um, and I was just curious, has the legacy of that carried over at all with this team? And, and if you've been caught up, who, who kind of helped you catch up with, with what happened in 2015? No, you know, I, I think that's the whole, for us, the whole branding of New Zoo. I, I was not here in 2015. Um, and I don't believe anybody on our team, current team, was here in 2015. This is about our moment in time right now, what we can do to create uh, – a conversation for social justice and equality. And we, we have not discussed that. And, um, you know, I think 
yeah, you know, this is not a political statement. This is an equal rights statement. Um, it's a human rights statement. You know, what, what happened to George Floyd was wrong, and, and we call it out for what it was, which is wrong. And so, yeah, I don't, we haven't tied any, we're not trying to tie anything to get this. This is about this moment in time and what's going on. Y'all can't see my screen right here, but there's a person, there's a web three right next to me. It's got like a, all kinds of different video going on and it is really distracting. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Colin, to answer your question, no, I, I not tied into 2015. This doesn't have anything to, you know, that we're not, we're, not, we're talking about George Floyd and how we can create sustainable action for change moving forward. All right, uh, Mitchell Forty, you're next. Go ahead. Hey, Eli. Uh, kind of going back before the march, um, when did players first kind of start expressing, you know, an interest to you and to the staff in uh, speaking up and trying to do something? And what was just the communication process like between you and your staff and the players? Yeah, I, I want to be very, um, after some other things, I want to be very uh, accurate about what I, you know, my timelines here. So um, Friday at 1130, we had our first, uh, our staff individually had discussed it with their players on Thursday because you had started seeing the tensions um, of last week. And then at Friday at 1130, we had an impromptu uh, team meeting and Zoom phone call. Um, and had a conversation where I addressed them and coaches addressed what was going on. And then we followed up uh, with position coaches. Uh, I believe the first time I was approached about doing something was uh, maybe Saturday. Uh, one of my players, either Saturday or Sunday, had asked, uh, had sent me uh, something about uh, participating in an event. Um, and I, there was, there was just some different uh, issues and concerns with which, you know, with how, how do we go about this trying to be as safe as we can? Um, and so um, that was when the, the conversation really started. And then, um, you know, I, our players were not asking for permission. They were seeking for support um, for right versus wrong. And so that, that's, so, as we continued the discussion uh, on yesterday, we had a one o'clock team meeting and, and uh, we just said, you know, they had already said that this is something that they wanted to do and attainable action. And so uh, we said, okay, we'll meet you at the columns at two o'clock. Let's go. All right. Next question. Uh, Harold, I think I've got you unmuted. If you want to go ahead. Hope you're doing well, coach. Um, my question right. to you is, uh, over on this side of the state in KC, obviously Patrick Mahomes sent out a statement about having a locker room and how he had brothers in his locker room coming together. I'm wondering for you as a coach, obviously you having a different background and many of the players you do coach, how have you gone across trying to bring both of them together and did this kind of unify them uh, to come together as one voice together, obviously with the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey. And then going forward, what do you uh, expect out of your players to kind of keep 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 the momentum going of what you had with the walk yesterday going for you. I know, I know you got a season to coach, but I know a lot of players, this is a important, very important issue to them. How do you want to keep it going forward? I, I want to be clear. It's an important issue for all of us. It's not a us versus them. It's all of us versus racism. And so this is not a situation where it's a them thing. It's an us thing. And, um, 
So I want to be very clear on that. It is an us thing. And by us uh, participating in the walk, we're all behind the fact that we are committed to equality. So, yeah, you know, you're always trying to, you know, we have a a list of, of four core values and a stated goal, right? So behind me, it says our goal is to win the SEC East in a bowl game with class, integrity, and academic excellence. Class is the way we go about uh, a day-to-day basis, but integrity for us is that our words and our actions align. And so you're always trying to find something where you can actually uh, use an illustration of something that's going on real world and apply it. And yesterday was about that. Uh, it was about taking our words and our statement and applying actions. And that is integrity for us. That's integrity. And that's what occurred. And then the second thing is, you know, we have core values, four core values that we live by. And one of them is about building trust and respect within the teammates in the locker room. And the only way you build trust and and respect is through investment over time. And COVID had and has robbed us of time. But I believe that this action and and occurrence that happened is going to allow us to to come together and form uh, a bond. Because, again, this is not a us-them. This is right-wrong. And our guys chose to stand up for right. And, uh, you know, that, that I think that hopefully that answers your question, Harold. Yeah, and going forward, anything? You yes. Guys yeah. Yeah. So we actually do. We've created an action plan uh, about how do we sustain uh, change and how do we become people of change? Because, again, it's not enough to just say right now, it's, like I said earlier, uh, equality is a, is a marathon, not a sprint. And so we do have things and I don't want to get into all the discussion of what we've got working because I haven't unveiled the entire plan to our team, but it started with the voting box and registering to vote. And that's one start. Um, but there's going to be more that involves, um, uh, uh, service back to our community. Uh, there's going to be, uh, more about creating, uh, opportunities and internships, um, uh, with their degree. And then I think the very mission of college athletics, the very mission of college football is that we give young men an opportunity to get a degree because we believe education changes lives. And I have to, and our staff has to understand that it's bigger than football. And it's about ensuring that these young men get a degree so that they can be educated and they can help change. And, and so it's, it's all of those. And we do have a very, uh, very informative and active plan that's going forth and, and our players are going to be uh, inundated with that. Okay. Eric Blom, I got you on muted. Go ahead. Hey coach. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm curious just beyond it being the right thing, as you said earlier, how it felt for you to be a part of the March and any feedback you got from players afterwards, if they were registered to vote and hadn't been registered to vote of gratefulness or just how was the bonding experience of the actual act of marching itself? I, I want to be very careful. You know, the interaction with me and my players is between us and it's not for, it's not for anybody else. It's for, it's for us. And it was a powerful moment for me that changed me. And I don't, I, I it was, it was for me, it's for me to grow and learn. And so, you know, the interactions that I've had with my players about what's going on, that, that, that's for me to grow and learn. And it's not for public consumption, just to be blunt about it. Um, I felt um, 
I saw I saw where um, George's daughter uh, was on, uh, I believe, it was Stephen Jackson's shoulders, and he she said, "Daddy changed the world," and he has, and and then that and that's really what hit me was he's changed the world, and and this conversation is so much different than it's been in the past, and that's powerful. And, uh, it's, it's changed me and it's changed all of us, I believe. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful and I'm grateful, uh, that, that, um, I'm grateful that I get to be close to such strong men on this staff. And I'm grateful that I get to work with them every day and I get to have the courage, uh, to, to do the things that we did because of them. That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Suichi Tirada for joining me today to talk Mizzou and the SEC. Links to the stories we discuss about the Tigers can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer and still stands, still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra on the E-Edition. There's an additional 26 pages of national sports coverage today. But here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole enchilada. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account kansascity.com slash subscribe that's account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next week